Blog Talk Radio. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online. This is the TS Radio Network. Tonight is our end of the season show. We'll be going off air and coming back uh, the first week in January sometime. I promise we will. (laughs) This, oh, we've got a ton of people on here that we're going to be talking with tonight. Um, These shows, of course, are all brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit an annual event in Washington, D.C. We have panels there. Um, There is so much going on, I can't even believe it. This year, we have seen the show, our audience for all the shows, just absolutely explode. I don't know what happened, but it happened. Um, We've been picked up uh, in several countries that people are accessing us and contacting us. uh, About the same thing with guardianship going on there. And, of course, now under the cover of these fake COVID diagnosis, they're accelerating the obliteration, (coughs) excuse me, of the elderly. And you're going to see many, many more of them die before this is over. It'll all be blamed on this virus that they cannot even identify. They've never even proven it exists. Uh, Be careful. Stay away from hospitals. You know, stay away from hospitals. Um, This has just been a tremendous year like I say uh, I'm going to this next year while that we're off I'm going to be revamping the shows um, I've got dialysis advocates and associates coming on at least once a month of course the usual USDA shows with Lawrence Lucas um, oh, we got Tanya's show and Tanya Talks we've got the hospice shows with Marcia Joyner and if this thing gets any bigger there's going to need to be at least four of me, and uh, but it's we have done well. We have been on 2020. We have been on uh, a current affair. Um, we're being featured in several documentaries that are in process right now, and I can't say any more about that. Um, but we're going to be talking about all kinds of things tonight. One thing I want to say because we've had so many questions about this, we've got. <laughs> You know, we love to call them glory hogs out there who um, are claiming all sorts of things that they've done. Uh, Do your own research. It's very easy uh, to figure out what's true and what isn't. And many of these people that are doing this make all sorts of wild claims about what they've done, supposedly, like uh, getting uh, uh, probate judges put in jail. Never happened. Um, you know, all of it, just stuff like this, all that they were instrumental in getting the law changed here. No, you didn't. And, uh, but it's just, um, just be careful, just be careful and don't take anybody, not even my, my word. Don't take anybody's word for anything. Do your own research and ferret out the truth. 
And if you've got a position different than mine, I don't care. Um, if you can show me where I'm wrong, you come show me. But I've had no one do that as of yet. It's like asking for someone if all, not all guardians are bad. Um, which ones aren't? Please give me a name. We'd like to talk to them and thank them. And 13 years, 1,547 shows later, I still have yet to get that name. Um, they like to lean on family. Oh, it's family. The family did this and the family did that. Yeah, in some cases it is. But in the majority of cases, it's these professional predators that are working through these probate tribunals. And well, I say you're going to see a lot more of this as they accelerate this eradication of the elderly. They want rid of the elderly and anybody who is chronically ill. And uh, I had just posted Bloomberg was talking about here in February of ending all treatment for cancer and other diseases for the elderly as a cost-saving measure. Because, you know, we're just cattle. We're not human beings. And um, it just... This stuff just makes me want to throw up. But anyway, this is our Merry Christmas show. And I'm on my cell phone because for some reason my brand new headset quit working. And so if anybody has any problems hearing me or anything else, let me know. And But we have got causes on. Um, Marsha Joyner is on. Uh, we've got Tanya on. And I think Lawrence Lucas. Lawrence, is that you? Say hello, sweetie. <laughs> He's not talking if it is. Um, but anyway, this is this is where we're at. This is what we're doing. So let's start off, Cause, why don't you start off with where you're at this year and we'll follow that with um Marsha Joiner and then follow that with Tanya and <laughs> we'll go from there. So Cause go ahead. All right. Well, thank you, Marty, for having me and I'm so excited that we have everyone on the show tonight. It has been a crazy year. We have had so many ups and downs. You know, we started off the year, and then COVID hit like it back in March. And we, I, I was um, had the honor to be on the whistleblower panel with you, and we had to plan how to do it. You know, on a um, on a Zoom, and that was such a uh, and that was such a adventure uh, having us figure that out. But we did it, and we did awesome. And I heard that we got a lot of great feedback. We've had a lot of setbacks going on. We have a lot of stories that have been just heartbreaking that have been on. We don't have a lot of positive, happy endings with what we've been doing. But we are still plugging along, exposing things, making enemies, um, and, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we're good at that. You know, I, there's a saying that I love. And it says, don't judge a man by the friends that he keeps, but by the enemies. And so yes. as we live life, and sometimes, you know, back before all this, I probably wanted everyone to like me because, you know, I that was how it is. Oh, But now I don't care. And the more enemies, better, because that means that I'm doing something right. And so I hope that I definitely have a lot of enemies and ot holes and they're going to try and stick it to me every which way they can, and it's fine. It's just all fine. So that means that we're doing something right. And so definitely yes. making some enemies. And, <laughs> and that's just, you know, toughening us up. It's been a crazy adventure just doing everything that we're doing. The guardianship 
watching how they're changing the game up with the nursing home lockdown, not allowing anyone to go in and see their loved one. In fact, I'm going to tell a sad story, and this happened in Wisconsin. So I had a wedding cake that was getting picked up today, and someone that I know, and we were just chatting and, you know, talking about how, you know, you can only have 10 people at the wedding. So it was a small wedding, and she said, you know, that there was a really a relative of hers that was uh, in a nursing home, and they were dying, and the spouse was not allowed to go and see this person, but the cousin could go and see and she said that makes no sense at all it makes no sense she said the spouse could now she's a pastor's wife so they're allowing like the pastors and you know they can go in and visit but the actual spouse can't go in and visit and she was talking to me she said you know this is craziness and I'm like yeah I've been kind of talking about all this craziness for a lot of years and now the rest of the world is figuring it out like yeah I said the court's are dictate they're dictators and the judges mm-hmm. do whatever they please whatever they want they write their own laws and how we've evolved in this country is that the judge is the dictator and now everyone else is learning that the judge is the dictator yeah, it doesn't matter what the constitution says they're just going to dictate everything and this has been an eye-opening thing for everyone it's it is so tragic and so awful. I have no idea where next year brings. The only hope that we have is that we still are allowed to actually do our whistleblower summit. We're still allowed to have these shows. We haven't been shut down in that way. I hope that it can continue in the new year. Yeah. Well, oh, for right, the huh? thing is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing <laughs> is, uh, who's Dragon. talking? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who this is. It's talking. Okay. Yeah, we're getting not here. a lot of that feed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I got it. Um, but anyway, we um uh oh Lord, we've been on the road so much and frankly I'm worn out. But I say we are yeah. gonna take this time to rest and Mm-hmm. Oh man! Uh, let's bring on Marsha Joiner now. Marsha hosts our hospice shows. She's done over a hundred of them so far, I think. Um, but this is, and we hear the same story consistently. They're forced into hospice. They're chemically dosed up, and then they're started on the path to murder, premeditated murder. And she has done this. some of these shows are so gut wrenching you can't hardly stand to listen to them. But they've all been documented, verified, so we know it is what happened. So, Marcia, why don't you talk a little bit here? Sure. Um, I'd like to repeat something you just said earlier about verifying and not just listening to what you say, but go do your own research. And that's what I found with doing the murdered by hospice show or betrayed by hospice, because people don't seem to understand that anybody can qualify for anything now, and vitus.com has that. I mean, if you go to the hospital three times in a year, if you can't feed yourself or dress yourself, you're incontinent, you have dementia, illnesses that can be treated now with medication or procedures are being enrolled, those people are being enrolled in hospice, and their life is being cut short. And as Marty says, it is 
premeditated murder. They know what they're doing, and they lie to the families. They, we have looked at some of the nurses' website or their Facebook sites, and they jokingly refer to a ham sandwich, which is Haldol, Ativan, and morphine, and those drugs are typically used to put the and it's usually elderly or disabled, but to put them in a coma state where they can't think, they can't eat, they can't drink, and ultimately they die from the drugs and dehydration, which is a horribly painful way to die, and the nurse can convince you that, they, oh, we need to give them a little bit morphine, we need to give them a little bit more Ativan. So those things are happening, and if you don't realize it and you're not aware of it, then you just assume that this is the dying process. It is the dying process, but it is because hospice nurses are putting them into that coma state. So um, we've been trying to reach more people. We have a Facebook group called Murdered by Hospice, and we're up to knocking at the door of 900 people. And while that sounds like a lot in some cases, when you look at the number of people whose life are being ended, it really isn't enough. We need to have many more than that so that we can reach other people. But what I have found this year that is comforting is there have been members that have joined the group, and because of us talking about it, they have been able to save their loved one. They didn't realize what was happening until somebody mentioned our group, they came into our group, and they were able to get their loved one out of the hospice facility. And that we are very, very happy about that because it's a saved life. The thing with COVID now is COVID has given them a very good excuse. It's the perfect storm to say that the person died of COVID. There is no proof that that's what they died of. There is no toxicology report that would show the family that your loved one didn't die from COVID. They died from an overdose of drugs, dehydration, and starvation. But because they don't know what we know, they have no clue of what's happened to their loved one. So with Marty's shows, we are able and reaching out farther and farther, trying to reach more people to let them know. And and then our entire goal, I know with, you know, with Kaz, with Marty, our entire goal is to save people from bad things happening to them, whether it's guardianship or hospice murdering someone. So I, I feel like we're making some headway whether or not the government will ever stop this. And the reason for it is it always comes back to money. And there is an aggregate cap with hospice for patient, and that is almost 30000 this year. It's yeah. whether it is a profit or nonprofit or religious affiliation, all hospices, with the exception of a few, And, Marty, as you say, you know, if they're guardians that are good guardians, tell me who they are. If there are hospices that are good hospices, I know of one in San Antonio that is the only one that I know of. So we're happy to, you know, have a list, but you can't tell somebody that this is a good hospice and all of a sudden they've turned and now you're sending someone to a hospice that is is not pro-life and will end their life. 
So I don't mean to take up too much time, but that's kind of where we're at in moving forward. So thank you, Marty, for the opportunity to tell people about it. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. Okay, next up is Anya. From Tanya Talks. Say hello, Tanya. Hi, everybody. This is Tanya Hathaway. And um, First, I just want to say how honored I am to be air with such an elite group of advocates, uh, truth seekers and truth tellers. I, I just, it's amazing how the bond of the passion to tell the truth and to help people, um, you know, how we can find each other. Somehow we wind up together. And I just want to say thank you as well, Marty, for um, showing me that I could do this and empowering me when I needed it the most And, um, and, and being a teacher to me to the point where I, sometimes I kind of, stand up and say, hey, whoa, 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 yeah, you know, it's very cool, you know, um, but I really want to say thank you for that. Um, I'll just add to the whole uh, COVID thing, he, um, somebody I'm related to um, went to the doctor and had symptoms that could have been a strep throat very easily, and um, it would have been, uh, you, you know, like the a rapid test would have been done if it was, you know, before COVID showed up for strep. But yet the doctor said, you don't have symptoms for strep throat. Well, mm-hmm. yes, this person certainly did. Sore throat, fever, headache. Okay? So, yes. 100% agree with you. I just thought I would share and add that in. Like, they won't mm-hmm. even do the rapid test, at least in this instance. Okay? Yeah. So, oh, what are we up to here? Um, <laughs> criminal justice reform is uh, a focus that I've been working on and uh, mainly dealing with, at this time, like nine months probably, primarily doing a lot of shows on prisons, wrongful convictions, uh, and the fact that, you know, people don't have fair trials. And I think, Marty, you made, you quoted the other day, when you had me on your whistleblower show, you said 70% of all those that are in prison are either over-sentenced, wrongfully convicted, you know, or innocent, or, in, you know, so that's um and and those stats certainly from the research from the information that I've been getting and validating sure seems to be true. Criminal justice reform uh is very much needed in our country. Uh, you don't see on the top ten list of the crimes to be murder and sex crimes or child molestation, right? You don't see that. You know what you Mm -hmm. see? You see drug-related charges or theft from somebody who is 
addict. This is the kind of thing that most are actually behind bars for. Well, addiction and trauma can be treated. And yet, the majority of people behind bars that aren't wrongfully convicted and that aren't over-sentenced can be treated and rehabilitated. And instead of the proper rehabilitation, instead of an analysis of each person as an individual as opposed to ching, ching, let's keep them in, uh, they could genuinely be properly treated, become a fruitful member of society, society but, but instead they are often, uh, they're just, they're knocked down mentally. They're made to feel like they are nothing but dirt. Some are physically abused, raped. Some are eating maggots. The line, the grinder that they actually grind all this junk with that you wouldn't even know what the heck it is. Um, just this, uh, just recently, somebody that um, I had on the show about a year and a half ago, Tina Gert and I. Uh, only opened up uh, a nonprofit called Journeys to Justice Incorporated, and so we are going to be going public pretty soon with all kinds of data, including nutritional values for the average week in the prison. That people that are sending us pictures of their prison food. So we're, you know, um, we have lots of video, we have lots of photographs, we have lots of affidavits. And we're going to come up with this information and tidying up in a nice big package. You know, I started out doing family court. Still all about that. But this somehow migrated right now into where it needs to be the most. There are lots of bound unconscious. When um, the coroner's report is never released. Um, you, you know, there's just a lot of very fishy things that are going on. Private prisons are closing down, but there was abuse all over the place, more than not. And so these people need to be looked at as human beings for the most part. Okay, there are some really disgusting, vile people that you would never want get anywhere near, okay? And you'd probably want to, you know, take them apart piece by piece. But even that, they are human beings, okay? But but these people that have made a stupid mistake or are addicted to drugs and the crimes are related to that are being sentenced to crimes on humanity. And that is a goal that's going to be met to reform criminal justice. So, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's been very telling. We've had some, you know, through Marty's platform, um, people couldn't get bigger shows 
you know, they couldn't get bigger, um, you know, mainstream media out to see them because they're out in, you know, Timbuktu somewhere. It wasn't a big enough story until, you know, we got it to make a big enough story. And, you know, so thanks to Marty and her platform, you know, the stories grow and grow and grow. And guess what? Justice is served. You, you know, so there's been some great victories, but there's still nothing when there are other people out there that this is still happening to. And um, yeah. and so that's, that's the mission because, I mean, it's bittersweet. There's all kinds of information out there that will prove every bit that we're coming forward with. So, you know, that's the sweet part. The bitter part is which is the reality of yes. what's happening, and it's a huge moneymaker. Thank you for the time. Okay. All right. Next up, I believe I have Chris from Australia. Chris? Hi, Marty. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm so Hello. glad you were able to call in. Everybody, this oh, is our... thank you. Thank you. ...over in Australia uh, <clears throat> that um, has the Australian Association on Guardianship, and uh, we've done a lot of work together, and uh, yes, whew, I'm so glad you could make it in. I just I'm really no, am. So what's you, going on? Thank you. Yes. What... what um, What's going on in Australia right now we should know about? Well, firstly, I'd like to thank you personally and NASCAR. And, look, we're honoured to be on, you know, a part of your network. You've supported many Australians over many years. You definitely have supported our group. Chris Jenkinson sends his regards as well, and he does apologise. He could not be... He's at a party at the moment, so he's, uh, mm-hmm. he's unavailable, but he sends his regards. And, and I think Mia's going to call in as well, and Therese, um, to thank you personally. Mm-hmm. Um, look, uh, this journey, guardianship has been in Australia. It's, it's an abusive system. We, we primarily target guardianship, as you know, but um, as, you, as, as many of your guests and, uh, have highlighted, the interlink between hospice and COVID and guardianship, they all tie in together. It's, it's that power base. Um, I'm in Melbourne, Australia, so the epicentre of COVID, I feel that we have been the guinea pigs of the whole uh, of the whole COVID. Look, a lot of people call it a scam, scam or pandemic or whatever. It really yeah. is irrelevant. What, what we are seeing is a culling of the vulnerable. We're seeing the same patterns we're seeing in America the isolation of vulnerable people. People are not dying in the street in Melbourne. I'd really like to point yep. that out. Uh, people have been dying in, ho- in, in hospice. They've been dying alone. We have evidence of our um, leaders, so-called leaders, clearly stating, you know, we need to mine this gold, whatever that means. I know what that means. Um, we've been bombarded with um, Fauci and Bill Gates telling us, you know, what we should do as Australians to protect ourselves. Interestingly, uh, Bill Bill Gates is well known for his depopulation programs and his views, yet he's also providing a vaccine to save us, which is quite questionable. Now, we're pro-choice. If you want to take a vaccine, that is your choice. 
and we, we, we believe people have the right to make decisions. However, you need to be armed with information before you do anything. In Australia, we are the guinea pigs. I really believe this. Um, the big farmer has invested billions of dollars in Australia and we do not have, like 25 other countries, a no-fault compensation scheme. That is, if something happens to you, you take that vaccine and something happens to you in Australia, you're on your own. Okay, you will not be supported yeah. by the government. You will not receive compensation. You will not be... We sent a letter... Um, Chris actually sent a letter to the Federal uh, Health Minister, Mr Greg Hunt, and the Shadow Health Minister, asking them what would happen if any Australian, you know, uh, took a vaccine or, you know, was subjected to any of this testing that's going on, what would happen? And they actually replied back four weeks later stating clearly that, you know, we have a really good hospital system and uh, social uh, security benefits. In other words, you're on your own. Okay, so when anyone wants to take, and that's fine, if you want to take that vaccine, go right ahead, but realise you will not be compensated, you cannot sue Big Pharma, and our governments have been accepting, it, it, it's a fact, billions of dollars, uh, so we, the Australian people, can be tested on to see how we react to these vaccines. Now, as you know, Chris is, you know, pro-vax, I'm, I'm not. Okay, so many of our members have different views, and I respect all those views. However, even Chris said to me, you know, this vaccine has been rushed. Um, he's concerned yes. about it, and he's definitely concerned that if a percentage of Australians react badly to these vaccines, they're on their own. What's going to happen to them? Yes. They're going to go to hospital, and as you know, Marty, we know what happens in hospital, yes. don't we? Yeah, well, the, the same thing here. We have the Vaccine Liability Court, but it's, um, of course, a private court, and they have only paid out 4% of the claims that have been filed against them. And that money that they do pay out is not paid by the pharmaceutical company. It's paid by a surcharge being added to every vaccine that the pharmacy, I can't even talk, you guys, um, big pharma collects. <laughs> and then before it gets turned over to the vaccine court, they deduct expenses and administration and this and that and something else for it. So they only get maybe two to three cents of every dollar that was paid in these surcharges. And like I say, um, you're basically up against the wall because it is a rare, rare instance when they will pay anything out, recognize actual vaccine injury. And then, of course, even to get into that court, you know, you have to jump up in the air three times, spin around, whistle Dixie, and say, may I please, and you still won't get in, And uh, regardless of how much evidence you have. So it's the same thing here. <clears throat> the, the vaccine liability court is a joke, just an absolute joke, just a way to siphon more money out of you. But go ahead. It is, and... We're seeing, look, COVID, as you know, Melbourne was the epicentre of the, 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 the fear-mongering. Businesses shut down for months. Businesses have been taken, you know, they're broke. Uh, many yeah. businesses will not reopen. People have lost their livelihoods. And if you look in the media, it's like, well, go, this is great, this is fantastic. And I'm looking at 
online, and we, we have an online presence, a, a very strong online presence, watching that, you know, mental health and suicide skyrocketing and the silence from the media, we were receiving so many calls, so many calls, people fretting about their loved ones, not being, and the scenes are similar with the other lovely ladies that have spoken um, and advocates. The scenes are similar worldwide, the isolation, the being isolated from loved ones, people dying alone. Um, you know, quest- under questionable circumstances, healthy people dying. Now, a close friend of mine works at, uh, at, a, at a, one of our top hospitals here in Melbourne, and she told me privately, Christine, Chris, you've got to understand, people are coming in from aged care. They don't have COVID. They're not even being diagnosed with this COVID virus, but they are malnourished. They have been denied fluids. They are dying due to neglect. This is so, and and silence from the media, silence what yeah. is going on, and we have been pushing this so much, and it is tiring. I, I, I when you said the word tiring, everyone's saying that same word, tired, tired. We're exhausted because we've had to deal with the same issues here in Australia. We've had these enemies come out of nowhere attacking us, um, you know, online and, and targeting us and sending us messages. And we're, as, like yourself, we do this for free. We volunteer our time. We are concerned for our fellow, you know, Australians and, and worldwide, obviously, but our fellow Australians. And to see, you wonder, these glory hogs, who are these people? What, what do they have? I do believe there is um, some are paid. Some have their own motives. Some have, um, I don't know what it is, but we don't have time. We just block them now. We just don't have time. And if we see, we've also seen predators come into our group uh, befriending, and I I strongly recommend anyone who's being targeted for money to contact Asgar immediately, and we will out them because what we do, we volunteer our time, we work for free, we want to expose what is happening in Australia. It has been happening for three decades. And in Australia, what we've been doing, we've, we're currently, um, we have a Royal Commission, and this Royal Commission is looking into disability. We have requested to speak to various commissioners. we submitted, and that's why we've gone quiet for six months. We have worked on a submission over 350 pages of decades of abuse in guardianship, of stories, the same names keep popping up, the same tribunal members, the same public guardians, the same public yeah. trustees. They are vile. They are criminal in their intent in many cases. Abusing, they come out, they've defined the enemy as the family. Okay, the enemy is the family. We need to make that clear. We are the enemy because we're speaking out for our loved ones. They are taking advantage of Horrible illnesses such as dementia, they are isolating good people from visiting their loved ones under the guise that they don't want to see you anymore. But people are not aware of the cult tactics, and that's what they are. These guardians, they're nothing but a cult. I have not seen bar one or two members who have been moved on, in some cases, that have actually done the right thing. I don't see any good in this system at all. I just see greedy, uh, hungry, money-hungry, I call them in some cases killers, because that's what they're doing. They are abusing our vulnerable. We speak up 
and we're the enemy. Anyone who speaks Absolutely. up is defined as the enemy. And that's we need to just stand up and say, no, we're not taking this anymore. I refuse to back down. And um, this will be a, a lifelong mission for me and many others. Mm. And we are connecting, Marty. And thanks to you and your group, you really... Look, there have been little comments that you've made and I've, I've taken them on board and you were right. You know, research the people that come in, research... Um, you know the media. We've had we've had some good journalists that have come in, but at a top level, they're being silenced. They're being shut down. We can't speak. We we contacted top ABC um, programs to cover guardianship. They filmed us. They filmed us in many um, locations, in different locations, and then at a top level, silence. And you know that this is you know generating billions. They are taken. They will kill you. They have killed people. There, there was a lady yeah. last year. Her anniversary is coming up. Forty-one days, she was denied fluids, and she was denied sustenance. That's not palliative care, Marty. That's murder in my That's eyes. That, I view that as murder. I, I don't know how anyone else. I can't stand. I can't sort of stand half an hour without a cup, cup of coffee. Forty-one days yeah. to be denied fluids. And food, what would you what would you call that? Statism. Yes. Yeah, it's happening in Australia, in in, in aged care, in hospice, in hospitals. Therese is a, another example. Her mother went in there. She had no money, but she was a cost to the system. And we're seeing the common themes. They either target people with money and they want to keep them alive for as long as possible to drain all the funds, you know, bleed them dry before they die, so to speak. The ones that don't have money, it's an easy kill. I'm sorry to say we're seeing it. They just die suddenly alone. And there's just too many yeah. to, to call it a coincidence. And then there's the predatory arrangements, the carers that come in that want to look after the loved ones. But they, they, have no, you know, they isolate the family and then they just take over. There's predatory marriages yeah. as well. We're seeing a lot of that. People coming in, working with the system, marrying, siding with the, the guardians, and they work as a group. They're like a pack of wolves. And I see yes. that constantly. It's like a pack of wolves. And it's the institutions. And in Australia, and this will happen in America as well, I'm sure, in Australia they are now changing the definition of elder abuse. Well, they've actually changed it. Elder abuse is only family violence. A professional oh. organisation and institutions mm. cannot be classified as elder abusers. That's it. That's what they're doing here. So they've redefined elder abuse to include it as a subset of family violence. And there are some members that do abuse their loved ones. But the good, honest, trusted family members are not given the opportunity to take care of their loved ones. This guardian comes in, swoops in for hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and they take over. It is business. It's money. And it's bleed and yeah. die before they die. Okay, here a couple years ago, doing it here and they're doing it everywhere. In in out in Massachusetts, uh, a bill came came out and it was by a man by the last name of Harshberger. He was the former AG for the state, and it was all about guardianship. 
and it guaranteed immunity for everybody from the person who swept the floor at the nursing home or hospice center right up through the doctors, the attorneys, the guardians, everything else. And a phrase in there struck me that no one could be held liable for things such as ordinary neglect. I wrote him three different times and said, please explain to me what ordinary neglect is, because try as I might, I just cannot come up with what might be ordinary about neglect on any level. I never did get a response. The bill failed, thank God, but they will come back out with it again. And uh, we've seen, Chris, bills come out here. You know, the Elder Justice and Protection Act of 19, or 2019, that was a piece of crap. Yeah. It was a reiteration of um, standing federal and some state laws against um, against what is happened here. Hang on a second. Things went berserk here. I'm being haunted. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you, listening in. This is bizarre. But. Um, they're, they came out, the only thing that was in that bill, um, excuse me, um, I don't know. It's not me. Um, <laughs> I'm not being raided, yeah. I can assure you. Yeah, well, uh, uh, you never know. But anyway, that bill came out, and the only thing in it that would have had any concern for anybody was, dead in the middle of it, they were going to further empower and fund, and here was a list of every agency we fight and then it went on and it blathered on some more and then at the end because I had mm-hmm. talked extensively with the AG's office about what a constitutional crisis this was and how they had no authority because at the end of this bill it said Congress was charging the DOJ with developing model legislation no 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 under the non-delegation doctrine you can't do that you cannot delegate your legislative responsibilities to another agent or agency. So they were a little upset about that. And they came out with another one for 2020. Same crap. Absolutely, they won't even say the word guardianship. Much no, less no. right in about. And there was nothing done. And we're watching across the states, Chris, there's all these bills coming out, you know, with these flowery titles. Of, uh, you know, we're going to save the elderly yes, from these predators. Yes. Yeah, but when you read the bill, it's a whole nother story. Uh, there's stuff slid into it. Uh, Minnesota had 3771 here early this year, and it was written by advocates. Excellent bill. What got voted on was something else entirely. And it didn't pass, but it had things in it like allowing the guardians to stash people in other states if they wanted to, which they're doing anyway. But they were trying to legalize it. I mean, it was just stuff like that was stashed all over in there. It gave the probate examiners the right to discard wills, powers of attorney, and everything, which they were doing anyway. But we're just going to codify it into law so you can't come after them. You know, but you see what I'm saying. All these bills come out, and yes, and uh, but there again, you've got like you say these packs of wolves that are running the show, and uh, the whole reason probate 
and family courts exist. They came out, it was been almost 20 years ago, and said uh, the state courts are overloaded, and so we have to take these things out of it because the judges are just, oh, they're just being overworked. And what they didn't say was they were setting up a whole new system. And this is when they, in earnest, began trafficking the elderly and children. And um, But they, they got it out of the state, the civil and criminal courts, put it into these tribunals because now they're not bound by the Constitution. They, you don't have any rights. Even as a defendant or, you know, whatever, you have no constitutional rights, none. They don't follow due process. They don't follow the code of civil procedure. Uh, they don't follow the rules of evidence, nothing. In fact, and just like there, Chris, they can stand up, that guardian and that predator attorney can stand right up in front of that hearing examiner levy all kinds of charges that they found them covered in feces, swimming in urine, starving to death. They've never even seen the person, can't identify them because they've never seen them, but it's accepted as if it came from the mouth of God. They're never asked for evidence. They never produced any. It just stands on the books that that must be true because they said it. And the the wondering begins. But we, you know, we've all working on this stuff. You over there in Australia, uh, everybody here, uh, you know, Marsha, Tanya, Kaz. I mean, we we've just and it's tiring. It's tiring, Marty. Yeah. It's tiring because not only are you dealing with these predators and you're dealing with the system, this imbalance of power, and I, and I'm sure you, you would agree that. This, this little family or this victim is fighting all of these so-called professionals, these authorities that, you know, use their degrees as if, you know, you can't question them. And when you do question yeah. them, and because, you know, in, in many cases I question doctors and their reports, bar the first uh-huh. member, uh, the first member who heard um, in our case, uh, she wanted the truth. So that I never knew there was a guardianship problem so to speak but there was something really dodgy about the whole system uh, we walked into a tribunal thinking it was a courtroom it's not a courtroom they you know these tribunals in australia were designed to hear fencing disputes and neighbor disputes and um you know the the, the, the first world problems and they have grown into these super tribunals hearing all these cases mm-hmm. that affect your life and they ignore evidence. Under the, under the constitution of these tribunals, they can ignore evidence. The member can act yeah. in any way they see fit. You are, you're, you're limited to an appeal only on a question of law, not on fact. And that's very important for people to understand that concept alone. Now, to appeal to a court, you need a lot of money. So your access to justice is limited financially as well. But then... It's become a form of human trafficking. So you're entrapped in this system and you can't escape. And these so-called professionals, they can lie and they do. They can make up any story. The allegations often go through untested. In fact, they can become a fact. They can actually turn into... It's like that in all these agencies are corrupted. Sorry? I heard Right? Go ahead. That's that's the thing. I mean, it becomes this pattern of 
you know, this is what they do, this is what they do, and it's just, you know, like you said, it's just a herd, a herd. And, and this is why we implore our listeners that obviously they're listening, most of you, because you've heard these shows and you follow TS Radio, and this interests you. But if you're, if you're on the edge of, you know, should I say something? Should I do something? How can I help? Yes, you should. Yes, you should. And, and there's plenty you can help with. And, you know, there's no judgment, no judgment whatsoever, whether you do or whether you don't, because everybody has their own personal reasons. There's a lot of retaliation out there. People actually lose their lives. Um, But I think what I've found, and what do you guys think about this? What I've found is the more people speak up, it empowers others to speak up. You have to keep asking for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Very true. Um, it's very hard, though. Very hard. For a lot of people, it's very hard to speak up because they're frightened. They still have loved ones in the, in, whether it's in hospice or, a, you know, someone, a guardian over them, and they're very frightened that something will happen to their loved one. I see that all the time. I tell people I have journalists prepared to tell your story, and they go quiet. Um, a lot of people like to go through our association to speak on their behalf. They're so frightened. But if we don't speak up, and Therese uh, in Queensland is very, very much for this, if we don't speak up and don't speak out about what's going on, then the public are not aware. When I tell people about guardianship, they look at me and think, I'm crazy. Oh, they can't do that. Oh, come <laughs> on, Chris. No one would do that. We have laws in place. We have judges. Unless you've been through this system and seen what is going on, it is unbelievable. And if you think that little piece of paper, that will or power of attorney is going to save you, think again because it isn't going to save you. Uh, They break through trusts. They break through titles. They hire the best lawyers to dismantle all your legal protections to take you. I have never seen a more vicious group of professionals engaged in criminal activity like what is occurring in guardianship and the hospice sector know what's going on and they work all together like a coordinated mafia group. That's exactly right. Wow. Yeah. And they have no morals, no ethics. And no values. And to them, no. human life means nothing. It is all about the money. And, and to them, yet. and I think in the, in the hospice situation, I think they think they're justified because they're helping somebody. How is it that you determine that torturing someone and ending their life prematurely is any type of help? And if you're helping them, why don't you lead and help yourself first and show us how it's done if this yes. is so helpful? Mm-hmm. I'd like to, I'd well, like to see them Marcia, take the same one of the things I've noticed. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, one of the things I've noticed about these hospice employees, these are some foul-mouthed, vicious, callous, cold-hearted 
uh, and those are the nice things. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. You're being too kind. Kind of, yeah. And uh, it just, uh, and to joke about it, they get on Facebook and joke about it, about you want to ride on the band, add a band. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and knowing that they're doing this, you know, as I've said many times, they go to work and do this all day, every day, go home like nothing happened, and show back up the next day ready to go again. I think every one of them should suffer the same fate. I agree. They should lay in that bed yeah, and know so that they are being slowly murdered. And mm-hmm. I, I think they should suffer. And I think many of these guardians and attorneys ought to suffer the same thing. You think guardianship mm-hmm. is so great? Let's guardianize you. And I want all your stuff. And by the way, I'm going to put you in a nursing home. And I'm not going to allow you to see anybody. And this, you know, I want to bring you two to this COVID thing. It, they, we've, we've asserted all along that isolation, isolating these people, which is almost strictly prohibited in every yeah. state, but is the first thing that's done. And they isolate these people and they begin to wither. We are herd animals. We need human contact, human interaction. When we don't have it, we start to wither. Um, we just start you slowly. brainwash you into thinking that after you've been under their control, that, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. thank you so much for uh, washing my face. You know, like that's a huge favor. Yeah. Or for doing, you, you yeah. know, giving them a little token something. It's all yeah. turned around. It's horrifying. Yeah, and it is. And, well, and someone. And so we do. Oh, go ahead, Marcia. Well, I was going to say a patient that has dementia does not understand that COVID is going on and that their loved one cannot see them. They assume they've been abandoned. And what a horrible, mm-hmm. horrible thing to do to someone that has dementia because they don't, they're like a child and they don't understand mm-hmm. why they have been left there and been abandoned. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. what they're saying. The, 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 uh-huh. the thing we're learning from. Okay. I get Go really ahead. upset when I hear that because in our case, my, my sister and I, um, people don't understand especially with frontal lobe brain damage when you're... Sorry, I'm about to cry because I've, it's this time of year. My sister and I really get upset. We have been isolated, and I can't even tell you who it is because legally I'll go to jail. This is how the gag orders work in this horrible country. Um, our loved one has frontal lobe dementia and has been isolated from my sister and I and the grandchildren. And once they isolate, and this is what people, they play on their mind, they use cult tactics of fear and dependency to take over that person. And once they have, it's undue influence, and once they have that control, they actually use that against the family. And they say to the family, that person doesn't love you. That person doesn't want to speak to you, Christine, anymore, and we need to protect them from you. And you've done nothing wrong, nothing. And this is how they, I couldn't believe watching so-called professionals act like cults, predators, like vultures. Okay, they smell money, they smell blood, like, like a shark smells blood, these people smell money, okay? If there was nothing there, they wouldn't do it. 
that they are criminal and people need to understand that isolation is the key to this. If you physically isolate someone, you can drug them. You can iso- you can play with their mind, tell them such and such doesn't love you. If they loved you, they would be here. They would talk to you. Look, I'm your friend. I'm the only person in your life now. And they make them dependent. And that person then becomes dependent on them. And they've got them. And I witnessed this and I saw it and that's what they're doing. And that's why with COVID, they isolated they isolated our loved ones so they can do this. Uh, I, so I can't believe how... I can hear the pain the, in your voice. Yeah. I can't well, believe the similarity. The just, yeah. The Go similarities ahead, of what... Well, I can't believe the similarities of what we're hearing going on in Australia it is exactly... <laughs> what's going on here in the United States and yet we're divided by like this large ocean and yet it's all the same. And I love Chris, you described it perfect that they are like a shark smelling blood, but they smell money. Mm -hmm. And I know it, it used to like, I used to have to wrap my brain around the fact of how, what kind of people are doing this to like to other humans. And Marty and I have done several, several shows, and it's just part of me trying to, like, wrap my brain around it, is that there's the sociopaths and these angels of death, and that they're they're not even wired the same as us, and just to have to understand how these people are so sick. Well, you know, causes we've talked about Rebecca Furley there in Florida, which we outed her on the PP 10 years ago. And they came. Mm-hmm. They sent their law firm after me and everything else. We left those articles up because they were true. And yeah. and then April Parks out in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Miller did so much work on that case and finally got her. And but in both cases, and this is what really shocks me is that these are women. I expect this kind of yeah. behavior from men, but it scares me when women do it. Um, here they're mm-hmm. keeping the urns with the ashes. Furley uh, had them in her office on glass-lighted shelves, very ornate urns with the ashes of people she'd had taken out, had them cremated. April Parks had hers stored in a storage locker so only she could see them. These are trophies, like a serial killer, any other serial killer mm-hmm. takes trophies. It'll be something mm-hmm. personal. Um, they'll, they'll do other things, you know, take things. Some of them take body parts. Um, but they'll take a piece of jewelry, they'll take, you know, something off of that person, and they'll do it repeatedly because they want that trophy. And just by handling it or looking at it, they can relive the crime. And so we we had these two examples of these major predators. And I always wonder, since those cases, how many others out there are stealing? Because, you know, how many? Is Luann on here? Luann? Apparently not. Anyway, how many of these people uh, uh, that are doing this, we've we've had their family home cleaned out. They find family heirlooms thrown in the dumpster, but all the jewelry Mm -hmm. is gone. Anything of any value is gone. Um, The family cannot come in and take even what rightfully belongs to them. They take everything. And they leave mm-hmm. the family with nothing, in many cases, not even the ashes. Um, it, it is one of the most perverse, sick, twisted system. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I keep hearing all this stuff about 
pro-life, pro-life, pro-life. Where are these churches and these big pro-lifers when it comes to the elderly? I don't hear yeah, a, word out of them. a word out of them. Yeah. You know, why don't you churches stepping up? And now how many times I was going to talk to Luann about this. I've gone to churches that somebody belonged to and of, of all stripes and said, this person has been a member of your congregation, your parish, whatever, for at least 20, 30, 40 years. And they're in desperate straits right now and they need your support. Oh, we can't do that. We, that's political. No, it isn't. There's nothing political about it. This is human mm-hmm. life. Well, you know, they'll say it's political and we'll lose our tax-exempt status. Well, I could see that would be way more important than saving a life. And um, yeah. But, you know, just the silence, the absolute silence. Will you make a statement on this? Will you at least come out and say that, you know, you object to it? Oh, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. That's just one person, and I have a whole congregation. I have a whole parish. I have a whole whatever to worry about. I I can't just focus on one person, really. Okay. Well, well, okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure in, in the U.S., but in 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 Australia, a lot of the churches are heavily invested in hospice, so that's yes. their business as well. So why would they criticize? Why would they you know kill the the goose that's laying the golden egg, so to speak? Yeah. They 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 generate yeah. millions of dollars. So they have a conflict of interest. So they're a, that's why they're silent. They have massive yeah. conflicts of interest. We've seen that in Australia. Saint Basil's uh, was a Greek uh, Orthodox church that um, was uh, under a cloud in terms of neglect, and they are currently being sued. There's a class action. We saw with Mr. D Jewish Care again. He raised those concerns of neglect. Where's the community? Silence. All these yes. so-called religious organisations uh, are silent when it comes to abuse of their most vulnerable members. Why? Because yes. they also receive funding. They also own yes. these hospice and, and have links and conflicts of interest. So their, their silence is very loud. Yeah, yeah. what I think and we need to matter. do is... Go ahead, Marcia. I was just going to say, it doesn't matter if they call themselves non-profit because they're still all profiting from murdering people. And those are not people that are actively dying when they enroll them into their system. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, One of the things, too, that, that bothers me in all this all of us, and I wanted to talk to Luann about this too, have gone to senators, representatives, governors, this one, that one, the AG, that you know, all over the damn place trying to get this stopped. And they all do the same thing. Well, I never heard of such a thing. Well, it must be an isolated incident. Well, I'm going to look into this and I'll get back to you. You're lying. You're lying. We cannot get one honest bill to address this. And this thing with this COVID, like I say, they, I hate to keep harping on that, but there is no virus. There was something loaded in last year's flu vaccine that the DOD ferreted out when 52% of their employees became seriously ill after being forced to take it. And they found three strains of SARS re-engineered COVID, and they found another strain that produces this terrible pneumonia. And it's a bacterial pneumonia. It isn't viral. And... 
So um, I had published that, and, of course, the kooks and the cranks came out of the woodwork. Oh, that's not what they said. Yes, that's exactly what they said. Oh, you misinterpreted. What part of this did I misinterpret? Please tell me, well, well, you just did. No, I just didn't. Um, they were very plain in what they said. And, well, the death but whatever in the United on, States, anyways, has not gone up. If you go and you yeah, look at the exactly. U.S. statistics, and that's what that death has not gone up. Science, That's what that scientist from Johns Hopkins came out with that report last week and said the death toll is staying at average what it is every year. Uh, It just Just kind of bounces between. Because it's money, money, money. Yeah. And they want to be able to stick a shot in your arm and, and monitor your every move. I'm sorry. Yes. So, but the death toll every year. Uh, from all causes, usually ranges between 250,000 and 270,000 on an average year. That's from the illnesses and everything. And all of those have dropped in the tank, like nobody's dying from heart disease and diabetes, but it has dropped in direct correlation to the rise in COVID diagnosis. And so we're basically sitting at the same place. There ain't no virus there. They can't identify one. They've come up with all sorts of gobbledygook about, well, you know, we know it acts like them. We know you created it. You know exactly what it is. And it was, was Dr. Fauci who funneled $4.2 million to the Wuhan laboratory to develop it there. They brought it back here. Um, the first clue should have been with in five days, it was in 182 countries. Not possible. Not possible. <laughs> but the one common factor in all of them, flu vaccine. Um, if you, you take that, that flu vaccine, you're an idiot. Yeah. But um, they pulled that article down by that scientist within four hours. John Rappaport found it, wrote about it immediately. He said, they're going to pull this down within four hours. They did. Um, They talked to Chris. You talked about, you know, there'd be people dying in the street. And I've talked about this many times. They claim there's 700 million people infected with this non-existent virus. If that were true, you'd be climbing over dead bodies. But the only place they're dying is hospitals, hospitals, nursing homes. My concern is, oh, sorry. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, my concern in all of this, watching COVID here in Melbourne, which, as everyone knows, was the epicentre of this uh, COVID um, pandemic, viruses kill. And this is a fact. When you're vulnerable and weak, your body is open to all all, uh, viruses. So we, we know that for a fact, um, and, and that's just what it is. But what, the problem that we have with this COVID that I saw was the inconsistencies. For instance, you couldn't... This is, was a very smart virus, okay? So in a shopping centre, you're at risk, okay? But outside, you're not at risk. But walking your dog alone, you were at risk as well of COVID when there was no one around you. And we started to see all these inconsistencies every day from the media and we were we we were being drilled every day every morning by our premier here okay the fear mm-hmm. factor you know a, a tally yeah. a number but what was really glaring for me and i i believe viruses mutate i don't care what call, name they call it but this is not ebola this is what we were saying that it's not ebola yeah. people were not dying in the street we weren't seeing young children, you know, dying in the street. Yeah. And we were seeing vulnerable people. And vulnerable people, unfortunately, do die. 
But what was happening with COVID yes. was a lot of people yes. were dying alone, and they were dying mm-hmm. in hospice, and they were and they were being questioned. And the other thing that we saw here in Australia, um, and and Brett Sutton, our, our chief health officer, made it clear, and, and we recorded this. He stated anyone that was under that was deemed palliative even if they died of, say, cancer or anything else, and then somehow they, they got COVID in the last last minute, were classified as COVID deaths. Now, if this yep. virus was that dangerous, you wouldn't be looking, you know, to reclassify yeah. people like this. So there's a lot of questions. So, And they're pushing mm-hmm. this, you know, vaccine, and there's billions of dollars. And as we know, where there's money, there will be corruption, and there will be fraud, yep. and that was what was very obvious to me in the epicenter of COVID. I mean, do you well, guys think there's like an exaggerated um, um, a strain of the flu or something out there? Because yeah. I know that people were sick, the people are getting sick, but yeah, you do, right? But it's not, they yeah. use this as a prime opportunity to create so much fear and compliance. Yes. And just to take it to the next level and make us try to appreciate a lousy check from the government when because yes. they've shut us down. And that is an atrocity. And, and we just need to not accept that. Well, and I, I want you to think about something else here. In every country that this went rampant in, supposedly... They all had the flu vaccine. They were all on board and giving out the flu vaccine. And the flu vaccine, I believe, is the primer for whatever this is. And um, See, well, Jim, and whatever this it was is. in the last flu vaccine, Marty. Yeah. Um, like last that's year. The yep. And I don't take vaccines of any kind for any I reason. And no, yeah, no. and. Uh, I, I don't, and I'm I'm not going to, and I can't think of any valid reason for anyone to have to. Um, that at the very least is duress and coercion, and um, and it violates the UN and Nuremberg trials that said that you cannot yes. force medical experiments on anyone. And if you look at state constitutions, I was surprised to to find out the number of people who were not aware that they had a state constitution, not just federal, but state. And in virtually everyone, I think except nine states, is a uh, paragraph that says the government and none of its agents, the governor or any of its legislators, any of its agencies or agents can shut down the businesses, Mm -hmm. interfere with the daily lives, cannot do what they are doing, this lockdown thing, because no one should have that kind of power. That's a power reserved to the people. And that they are stepping yep. out of line. So your state constitution will tell you this, and this is how you can. And anybody it. who they, any state one, right, Marty? It's it, they're uh-huh. they're actually perverting the uh, United States Constitution, and it should be null and void. It's arguable, yes. or you don't. It's, yeah. Exactly. They can't yeah, take away what our constitution has given us. You're right. And that, well, they pretty well erased it. And as I understand it, there is now a quiet movement in Congress to declare the Constitution of the United States uh, defunct. 
because times have changed. And I've also been hearing over the last two years various representatives and a few senators, uh, representatives and a few senators come out and talk about the imaginary lines between the states. If it wasn't for these imaginary lines between the states, things would be a lot better. So what we're seeing now is this of what they call uniform laws that uh, will pass across the states. And uh, this is simply a way of taking away all of your rights, giving them carte blanche to do whatever they want. Everybody's got immunity but you. And we go from there. But like I say, go back to this first premise. If country, every country this stuff supposedly blew up in was on a vaccine schedule with the flu vaccine. So think about that. Huh? If we do away with the Constitution, then guess what? That means that these judges really can, you know, make bad findings, you know, and, and make it law. And there, and then right. that will get cited, and it will get cited, and they'll tell two friends, and they'll tell two friends, and then we've got a dictatorship. Then we have got the kinds of laws that, you know, the judges really can and get away with it, and a lot of them do mm-hmm. now. Um, and this is why we need to not let up. You know, count the cards. How many years are you going to go to prison? Whoa, go ahead, Dale. Let's go look out the door. How many cars are in the parking lot? Thirty-eight. Okay, you're going to you're going to jail for thirty-eight years, literally. Yeah. It's kind of okay. Hold on, everybody. We've got a caller here. Hang on. You're coming in on a blocked number, so um, speak up. Okay, my name's Joe. From Montana. Hey, Joe. I've called the show before. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys don't remember me. Connie, I had you set up to be the host on the show that I usually go to. Do you remember? Yeah. Okay. So, um, did you enjoy it? Well, I hosted that one Friday night. Yeah. That was great. I loved it. All right. Did you ever get in contact with that John Doe? The guy no. that knew about the Constitution. No, he was tremendous, though, wasn't he? And uh, you know who I think that was? Who? Flynn. You think he was Flynn? Yes, I do. You said he was listening. Uh, well, that I was Flynn. no, that's not Flynn. I've I've heard Flynn speak, and John Doe has oh. a very distinct accent. So. I stand corrected. You know. So anyway, you're talking about um, the getting uh, the destruction of the Constitution right now, right? You're believing that the Constitution, some people are talking about getting rid of it. I didn't hear about that, but it's not, it doesn't surprise me. Hmm. So where did you Crazy. read about that, Marty? Uh, let, me, let me break in here for a minute. Um, Bridget from England. I can see you trying to get in, but it keeps disconnecting you. I don't know why. And also Francine uh, from Canada. I'm I'm sorry, but you're you're coming in and you're blipping out. So uh, keep trying so we can get you on. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
I said, where did you read about the senators or the people who wanted to get rid of the Constitution and who wanted to get I rid of the state? I brought up C-SPAN um, during speeches, and they talking about the imaginary boundaries and how the Constitution, although it may have been a wonderful document initially, that it um, basically just uh, uh, had outlived its usefulness and... Um, so it's just, um, uh, you know, that's that's my concern there. Uh, they're they're priming the public with speech. If you listen to anything they say, they're priming the public with speech. Um, you know, conditioning you, uh, putting the thought in your head. Well, the Constitution. I know when the my girls were in high school, which has been just a few years ago, and I asked about. Did they learn about the Constitution? Well, we talked about it for one hour. Oh, that's great. And then the teacher said, um, uh, Hello? 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 Are we all there? Okay. I don't know what happened. We we blinked out there for a minute. Yes, okay. Uh but anyway, um who that scared me. Uh we, we had a lot of here. Yes. Uh we we've got a loaded board boy, I'll tell you. And um, and people messaging and talking about the show and uh it's just uh oh Lord. I don't know what well, I, I what I believe to do here. if they get rid of the constitution, then you, you know it's well, they'll pack the court if they want to, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, you see, the Constitution trumps anything out there, right? And, well, and they, did they it don't one like time. that. It isn't like Senate that. Doesn't like that. It isn't like that what, anymore. Mark? I said it, it's yeah, they not don't like, like that, that anymore. Because they're lawyers now. Most of them are lawyers. Yeah, right. They're not lay people. It used to be lay people. Yeah. Okay, hang on here. We've got uh, someone else on from Australia, Mia, I believe. Yes, hi, Marty. How are you? Good. How are you Marty? doing? Thank you for calling. Yes, I'm glad no, you could get you. in. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, hi, ladies. How are you all this evening? Interesting show. It's, it's, hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. How, okay. Can you hear me now? I'll just try and move. Pop, hope yes. to get a better reception. Um, you sound like a right show. Just, can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, Marty, just, Marty, just wanted to say thank you very much. Um, you've helped us um, immensely um, with Asgar and uh, sort of getting our getting ourselves out here in Australia and and trying to reach out to our you know fellow yes. people here and let them know what's going on. You've obviously had you know ten years ahead of us, so um, but with your help, we've definitely I think started to make. Um, make a difference and be uh, a place where people can sort of, you know, uh, reach out and uh, get some support, which they haven't, you know, obviously had. And we obviously, you know, stand with you. I think we're all together in our effort and what we're trying to achieve uh, to bring this right. out on a, a massive scale. And I'm hoping next year we we can do something really, really big. I think we can all... Yeah. Um, confirm that what we've got going on here, this is nothing but a crime syndicate and just as each week goes and you know we continually hear that 
the horror stories that come out of the elderly being isolated, the abuse, the exploitation, the murder is just beyond sickening. And I've, I've it's had enough. It's racketeering. It's exactly right. And and I think that's the word. We 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 can call it that. We've got we've got sufficient evidence, okay, Nash worldwide to to allege and claim that's exactly what is going on here. Okay, mm-hmm. whether our systems operate differently only in that the players are different. In Australia, it's our government institutions. And they have, yes. you know, the recruits of the social workers, whereas your, yours are lawyers. But the it's the mm-hmm. same abuse and the same exploitation, um, and it makes it uh, obviously here you have more free speech than what we do here, which makes it that little bit more difficult. But we've learned to navigate how we can get around that now. But I don't even yes. think we can allow it to stop us anymore, as long as obviously there's a certain. Um, it's it's just so important, I think, that if we band together worldwide, I mean, Canada, you've just got England, everywhere is the same story. And I, I'm not prepared, um, I'm more determined than ever, uh, I, just to hear people, especially with the COVID, being isolated. And, and I'm with you, exactly, we're all, we all like-minded think the same, that this COVID has been used to isolate them, has put them at further harm and further risk. And how they could be doing this is just sickens me to no end. And um, there's, there's, you know, Australia stopped an industry. They stopped stopped live exports some years back because of the treatment of our cattle going on the ships over to, uh, I forgot what country they were going to. They actually put a ban on live export. And we cannot even get this topic of our elderly being euthanized, abused and exploited in a public arena. What does that tell you? Really, what does that tell you about your government? It tells you that they're corrupt and that they're sinister and that they will do anything to protect their institutions and keep this racket going. And I think now more than ever, uh, uh, we're seeing what's going on worldwide and I think now more than ever, we need to band together. We have to say enough's enough. And next year, we're going to come back fighting and we're just going to push until everybody knows what's really happening and that way we get more people. The more people... I mean, your population, you've got some 325 million or 28. We're we're 20. We're much, much smaller. Um, um, Canada, et cetera. And I think as a worldwide effort, we start telling people, uh, you know, that what's going on, this has got to change. This can no longer be accepted as a, a, um, uh, an honourable system that is actually protecting the elderly. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, um, the United States, Australia is the same, and many other supposedly civilised countries have begun, actually this started about 30 years ago, referring to their population as the... Uh, most valuable product of their country. And then that quickly morphed into um, basically we're commodities. Every bill that comes out here go, that has anything to do, families or an elderly or anything, goes first to the Energy and Commerce Committee. You aren't energy, so you must be in commerce. They have decided we are commodities. And as elderly people, you are determined 
to have lost any commodity value because you're no longer working and no, in many cases not paying any taxes. If you can't be taxed, they have no value for you. And mm-hmm. so they have turned the killing of the elderly and the chronically ill into a business, and they've made it lucrative. And this is happening. There's a, a company called ICOR, capital I-K-O-R. I knew all along there had to be somebody at the top that was orchestrating things globally because everybody from the countries I've talked to, I've talked to people from nine different countries now, the system is the same in every country. They It might have different names for you know the courts or it might have different legal terms but means the same thing. But it is the same system, and they are taking people out at an ungodly rate. Uh, They disposing of the we are a waste population. That's the way we are viewed by government, and so they figure if they can't make any money on us living, they'll make money on us dying, and that's Mm -hmm. exactly what they're doing. Exactly, and I call by the way has a call line that says, because um, they sell franchises globally, and their call line on that is uh, fast, easy, consistent money. You too can be a predator. You know, I mean, it's just, <laughs> I don't know why they could be driving the Mercedes by somebody. No conscience, no soul, no empathy, no sympathy. You're just what we're looking for. Um, it's evil breeding like mm. wildfire. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Exactly. It is a pack but, but of they're so sinister, yes. <laughs> Sorry, it's so sinister. I mean, the, the, they manufacture how, how they manufacture. You know their reports and that. It's to it, you know any. You tell anybody. I'm still reeling now. I you know I know what it is. And you you know you hear another story, and I'm just um, gobsmacked that they can write. They how they lie. I mean, these are people that are held in such high regard. Doctors. Yes. They lie in their reports and they do this. And that's I think that is some of the problem is that these people, the swamp, because I believe that there are some good ones out there. Unfortunately, it's the swamp. What we're seeing that's risen to the top is the swamp, the evil swamp. And they are are calling the shots and they, the narrative. So people are looking to these as like the messiahs and the saviors. And that there's no way that they could possibly be involved anything in, in anything that is so evil like the guardianship system. Yeah. So it's breaking through, I think, that barrier for a start and then pushing back hard. This is really a pushback. You see, we keep asking uh, we, we keep asking the predators to, to respond to our questions. It's like often you'll be, go before an inquiry or a royal commission and the questions are asked to the predators and they'll say, oh, no, we don't do that. We don't kill people. We don't drug them. What, what do they think they're going to say? So it's almost like a lot of time has been in push, you know, trying to get the evidence out. Then, of course, you've got to hear what they have to say, but they don't back it up with anything. We, no. we have evidence. We have the victims. We have the families. We have the casualties of guardianship mm-hmm. and every other arena that right. is being abused at the moment. So we have all the casualties that we can bring out into a public forum, the families, the broken people. I think bringing that as that is actually the confirmation of what's going on in guardianship, and right. I think through all of us we will be able to articulate how, why, and and everything why it's happening, and then how we're going to stop it. You know, how is this going to be mm-hmm. stopped? Because it has to be stopped. It can't continue. Yes. You cannot stop a family member from seeing their loved one. 
There's no way that 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 to me has got to be an automatic ban. I don't know how yeah. this is still going on in our supposed democratic societies, you know, the Western world, mm-hmm. and yet families are being denied access uh, to love. Right. So for me, that's a I real big that, thing. I, I, that is just yeah. rolls me up to no end that this has got to stop. Okay. Um, we've only got about two minutes left here. I want to thank everybody that came on. And to all of our listeners, thank you. We had a stellar year. Um, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Um, And just please keep tuning in. Do what you can do. Uh, You know, uh, any help, like on any of the shows, donate to help keep the shows going if you can. We don't normally ask for money, but things get a little tight in these days and times. And um, But anyway, if you can help out, please do. And uh, everybody just stay on this. And as a last thing, Merry Christmas to all of us. We're still here. We're still fighting. Merry Christmas to us. You thought we'd go away, but we're not. So <laughs> anybody else have anything to say? we got about a minute. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, everyone from Merry Australia. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. And Marty, thank yes. you. Thank you. Yep. For yeah. That. Because a lot this of voices been... wouldn't be heard if it wasn't for you. Oh, absolutely, well, Mary. Exactly. Yes. Like, how many countries just called in? It's it's such a testament to you, Marty. Well, yeah. it's 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 all of us. It's all of us. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, listen. I say, I want to remind everybody: these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit. And I say we're going to be revamping the schedule because we got at least two new shows coming on. And I'm I'm old, you guys. Help. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> our network is growing, and uh, we we've got a we've got a lot going on. We have become a voice to be reckoned with, all of us. Um, so keep up the good work. I appreciate everything that you do. Um, we wouldn't be anything without you. So, again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And I'm sorry for those that couldn't get on the board. You kept coming on and disconnecting. I have no idea what that's about. And uh, But we'll be back. You can take that to the bank. We will be back. Mm-hmm. We'll see you all oh, about yeah. the first week in January sometime. And with that, say good night, ladies. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Bye. Yes. Thank you. Merry Christmas, everyone.